Sinister Sisters. <laughs> Welcome to another Sinister Sisters. I'm Bane Hellborn with my sister, Scorpio Girl. And I know it's been a while, and I apologize. It's called depression, <laughs> and life just keeps fucking getting in the way of this podcast. God damn it. Um, Mostly it's just mental illness. Let's just be honest. Well, that's why I said it's depression. It's just mostly, no, let's just, it's mostly that. Sometimes it takes years to crawl out of a hole. So we're, this is the new year. Granted, we're a month past it. <laughs> this is the first podcast for Sinister Sisters of the new year, 2023. Oh, my God. It's 2023. Do you know how old we are? <laughs> no, because I'm not keeping track anymore. You oh get to a point God. in your life where you're just like, I don't even need to, we don't need to keep oh. checking in on me every year. And plus, wow. the, the last couple of years have been shit. Um, has been shit. Don't yeah, there. Uh, I I concur, doctor. <laughs> okay, so I had last year been inspired to do this <laughs> podcast from What Culture Horror. They did a video about bad friends in horror movies, and then that got me thinking. That's awesome because if you think back, horror movies are all bad friend decisions. I mean, honestly, choices, everybody, choices. So, um, and the good people that make it to the end are the victims of their shitty friends' bad choices. So, I like that concept. Yeah. This, so I had the idea about doing shitty friends in horror movies and uh, shitty friends in general because we have them in real life too. <laughs> We have them in real life. And sometimes we don't realize it, which Scorpio Girl did research on. Uh, yes, but also um, I do want to share my recent uh, shitty friend story because yeah. okay. I, I am very impressed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is excellent, excellent example of a shitty friend and the purging of that <laughs> shitty friend. I'm not going to go into like explicit detail no, about, no, 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 about no, but, but it's all a great, of it. But, it's a great story. But the purging and then the punchline of the purging, I'm still yeah. reeling in my head. Like, so which one was it? Right? <laughs> Tell us the story. Okay. So I had this shitty friend and this shitty friend came from like, a past past kind of thing and then there was a huge disconnect and then it was um you know we're adults now let's try to be friends well Some anyways adults. <laughs> anyways it ensued a shitty fucking friendship um I, I i can't even go into i can't go into story after story after story because there's way too many but i will say it took me five years to get rid of her like I literally said to her face you are a shitty person you're a shitty human being I don't want to know you and um ghosting her um everything you could think of to make her feel like I'm the shitty friend and nothing nothing would take literally being told this bitch that she is a shitty friend and we don't like her just did not clue her in yeah she, i don't know why she thought i was kidding um yeah 
But anyways, after five years, um, <laughs> uh, she came in, in, you know, back into town kind of thing. And I heard the grapevine. She was back. And um, she almost ruined our Ren Fair experience. Well, kind of, because I ended up like not going. I was just like, I'm not going to go because I don't want to see her there. Well, because I saw her there. It almost ruined my experience. Yeah. But anyways, I so uh, had a practical magic moment. Uh, um, apropos of nothing, a broom fell. And I got a picture of her face in my head. And I cringed. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. She's coming. She's coming. She's coming. And everybody was like, no, 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 you're just freaking out. You're freaking out. And I'm like, no, she's coming. But I, I knew I, I needed to have this out, get end the relationship because this was just doing none of us any And any good. sure enough, she did show up at the door. She <laughs> showed up at the door. I was yeah. more stunned, I think, than like I knew it. You know, I, I think it stunned me more, honestly, that she did. I thought, but I swear... I had that practical magic moment and it and it came to fruition that's all I'm taking from this and for those of you who might not have seen practical magic a broom falling means company's coming <laughs> yeah physical ma physical magic <laughs> anyways um <clears throat> so uh uh I step outside the house because I knew not to let her in the house. I knew not to have that kind of energy. Yeah. Plus, I knew she was in a situation to where if she could get a hold of any kind of personal information that she could use to financially benefit herself, that would probably be, you know, the cream on the on the ice cream. You know what I mean? The the whipped cream on the ice cream with the cherry on top. So I was just new not to let her in. So I, as soon as I stepped out of the door and uh, she's like, I knew this was going to happen. And I put my hands up, both my hands up in front of myself. And I was just like, I can't. And she took a step back and she's like, I don't even know what I did. Can we even talk about this? And she tried to take a step forward and I put my hands up again. And I said, I can't do this anymore. And she took a step back and she's like, this isn't fair. You know, um, I don't even know what's going on. And I, again, I put my hands up and it kind of like every time I put my hands up and I, I said, I can't, she, it repelled her and she went to her truck and drove off kind of thing. And I thought, oh my God, after five years, I am free. I am free after five yeah. years. I really feel she got it. And as I'm walking that time that, that time, time, that time, I really felt like she got it. Like I was never going to see this, this person again for the rest of my life. And as I'm walking up the driveway, congratulating myself, I look down and what I'm wearing <laughs> is the supernatural apron. <laughs> That has the demon repelling sigil. Yeah. And I walk in the door and I tell Bane this. I'm like, was it me or was it the apron? I think the apron helped. <laughs> the apron helped with the supernatural t logo on it. But I yeah. tell you what, I mean, it was. It repelled the demon. It really was. Forget being a, a shitty friend. She was a, just a shitty human being. She and. Is. She is a shitty human being. And it's like one of those things as far as like, you know, if 
if you're silent, you're still complicit. And I was yeah. really upset to the things that she was forcing me to be complicit in. Yeah. It wasn't anything illegal or anything. It was more like a moral ethic thing with me. So I, for five years, you know, I mean, I, I said straight to her face, I think you were a horrible person and I do not want to be your friend anymore. I can't tell you how many times those words exactly. And it was just like, <laughs> you're so funny. And I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm not. It's, I'm not joking. I, I fucking hate you. <laughs> I even, even the text. Hey, don't want to be your friend anymore. Don't need to talk about it. Thanks. Have a nice, nice life. I mean, I sent that text. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, people nowadays, it, even if you tell them straight out, you <laughs> suck. Get the fuck away from me. They don't get it. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my personal recent story. Okay. So, uh, this is this, so the movie-wise, this came up on several lists. Is Juno from The Descent? Uh, we're looking at pophorror.com right now. I can't think of a single thing this woman has done that wasn't selfish or stupid. First off, Juno decided to have an affair with her friend Sarah's husband. Then when Sarah lost said husband and her daughter in a car crash, Juno chose to leave and didn't even try to be there for her to, com to comfort her in her time of need because she, her husband and daughter died and this friend ditched her. And then it goes fast forward a year later where her selfish acts cost her friends their lives. Yeah, yeah. for those who didn't see The Descent, I didn't like it. I didn't like it personally. I, I felt it was missing something, but it's like the ultimate thing. I, I didn't see that. Is that yeah. the one where they're going they into, go the into the cave? Down and down, so, uh, subwunking, so, bulunking, whatever. Yeah, ex, uh, cave, <clears throat> cave diving. Cave diving, whatever. So, whatever. Anyway, Juno, she organized this whole cave diving event. She, They were supposed to go to a certain cave that was you know mapped out and everything Juno took them to an unknown cave that she didn't even fucking know about so wait did she do it on accident or was it on purpose no she did it on purpose to be funny and then what happened what happened in the movie I mean you're, I you're probably not going to watch it you're probably not going to watch it I have no clue so here spoiler, spoiler alert, alert. this spoiler. one loves to spoiler alert so. spoiler alert right now if you haven't seen The Descent you're not going to want to watch it now anyway this is a shitty friend decision that gets everybody killed. And there's two I mean. different endings. So in uh, the UK ending was Sarah survived. And she got out. That's the UK ending. The American ending is Sarah never got out. And she imagined she was hallucinating that she did get out. But she was in the cave and all these crawlers they're called crawlers they're subterranean creatures they're, they're humanoid they live in the dark because it's pitch black in there so they they see in the dark they have night vision or I no mean, no, they're, no they're blind actually they're blind they have like bat ears so they can hear you so um so they are in the american ending they're like coming around her as her light is dying so um this is a shitty shitty friend who fucks over all her friends and gets herself killed too because her and Sarah have it out 
they have a battle. They have have a battle in there where Juno gets gets what she deserves. Confrontation. So she there was a shitty friend confrontation in there where Juno gets what she deserves. Mm. So uh, a shitty friend number one. Okay, well you know how I love to bring real life uh, experience into our um, side of this. I found from love. Hanky.com, 24 signs you have really shitty friends and need to get some new ones. <laughs> I thought this one, um, I will confess, I used to be a person to where I had to have someone around me at all times because I could not do the alone at all. And so I was a sucker for sob stories. So um, <clears throat> now that I'm older, I have learned that yeah (laughs) it's quality over quantity so anyways the first sign that you have a shitty friend is that they're exhausting when you're around negative people they act like an energy vampire in other words they suck all the life out of you when you spend time with them you leave feeling drained and especially not very happy so why would you want to keep doing that Life is way too short to be exhausted by friends. You've got your job for that. Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) Your turn. (laughs) Okay. So the next one, this says Fright Night 2011. So they kind of did an ass backwards thing. What? I hate remakes. Well, who are they saying in the 2011 version? They're saying that Charlie Brewster was the bad friend. Because in the 2011 movie, Ed was telling Brewster his next door neighbor is a real vampire. And Charlie's like, no, it's no, he's not. Your vampire is not real. For the 1985 version. Yeah, I was Charlie. Charlie was saying my my neighbor is a vampire. And Ed didn't believe him. So, um, oh, my God goodness so but uh in in the 2011 version ed really got fucked over i mean severely fucked over by charlie because charlie was like no i mean in the you that's so interesting because in the original version yeah 1985 yeah didn't believe it ed was the shitty friend yeah that's what i'm saying they switched things in 2011 that's who I would say is a shitty friend but came kind of like a nice friend was, uh, what was his name? Malcolm McDowell. No, what's his name? Oh, yeah, Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent. Which in the 2011 was David Tennant. Stop. Okay. But he wasn't He wasn't a vampire hunter. He was an illusionist. Yeah. Actually, it was pretty cool. <laughs> okay, so cool. I, I'm going to have to say yeah. Peter Vincent just because he was a big old fat coward. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing. But in the 2011, he wasn't. He was a vampire hunter. Cheese <laughs> oh, and crackers, you guys. So, yeah. So, in uh, so it, this is saying that Charlie fucked over Ed. And in a way, in a way, uh, Ed got fucked over in the original movie, too. Because, well, that was, no, I'd say that was more his fault. Because instead of sticking with his friends to walk home in the 1985 movie, he decided to go down that dark alleyway and get transformed 
by Jerry Dandridge. Okay, so, so yeah. in my book, Amy is the one that got the shitty end of the stick out of all of this because she got saved for Charlie. She could have been with Chris Sarandon. <laughs> shitty well, friends. Well, yeah, because... Chris Sarandon. Because... 1980, 1985, Chris Sarandon. Because that's because she was the reincarnation of one of his lost loves. I don't give a shit. No, but that would have been cool if she did hook up with. Oh, that would have been like totally like an ancestral thing because obviously one of her ancestors was one of his girlfriends. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So so maybe you're right. Maybe Charlie was the shitty friend. Charlie Charlie is a bit of a shitty friend. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We see where you're at. And and that 1985. His girlfriend wants to have sex. Oh, no. No, that's not true. No. He wanted to have sex, but she didn't because she was a virgin. But then when all of a sudden she's like, okay, let's do this. He's not even paying attention to her. So, yeah, he's kind of a shitty friend. I mean, that and Chris Randon had uh, that smile, (laughs) that voice, that glam. So, anyways, I have number two. sign that your friend is shitty is they are dragging you down if they're so exhausting then they'll start dragging you down too maybe they're always complaining and being negative well that might be making you into a negative person too it really does rub off when you have a negative friend and all they do is complain and nothing's ever their fault and they always need your help oh my gosh yeah it really does rub off because I remember turning into feeling so irritable about everything all the time. Oh, that goes back to your former friend <laughs> that she would come over every day for tarot readings on decisions to make oh. every day. Yeah. That yeah. got exhausting. Uh, uh, that's re- That person's the reason why I, do no- I no longer do those. <laughs> it's like, how can you not see I see what's going on? How can you not see that I, how can you not put this through your head? Anyway. So, uh, from Contracted. Never seen it. Oh, this is a good, uh, like, zombie, like, progressive zombie disease. Oh, is this the STD one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, yeah. So. It's really, so, Samantha. The concept is really diluted. And then there was a part two because Oh, of course, she, of course. The end, the end person passed it on to the guy who had a crush on her. Oh, my gosh. So uh, it goes on. But it says that Alice is this friend of Samantha who um, had a thing for her, had a thing for Samantha, and, like, spilled the beans that at the party that, that Samantha went to, she was roofied and ended up having sex with a guy in the back of a car. But Samantha is a lesbian. What? Yeah, Samantha's a lesbian, and Alice is, she's bi, so, but she has a crush on Sam. So instead of, you know, helping her out, she spills the beans to Samantha's girlfriend that Samantha had sex with the guy at that party. But then uh, Alice gets her comeuppance when Samantha, in her uh, zombie rage, kills her. Always that, but yeah, it, instead of because uh, so Alice's reasoning to spilling the beans was to get Samantha to break up with her girlfriend so she could get with Samantha. Well, it kind of backfired when Alice gets an axe to the head. I mean, there's always the axe to the head, yeah. <laughs> yeah so she was, uh, yeah, so 
there's the shitty friend who everything backfired on her. Yeah, that's karma, too. That is. And contracted is a really good movie. Okay. All right, so number three signs that you have a shitty friend is they're disrespectful. Everyone deserves to be respected. But if you have a shitty friend, you do not get the respect that you really should be getting. So why would you want to be around someone like that? It's much more refreshing to be around people who treat you right. Because you are drained by them and they're dragging you down. It can ultimately affect your mental health. Yes. They might make you anxious or even too if it goes on too long. Yeah, yes. you get those niggling like holds yes. and and aches and joints yes. and stuff. Yeah. And plus when they ever whenever they call you, you're like, oh God, no. Okay. Resident Evil Extinction. Who are we talking about? LJ. Oh my god. The kitty. (laughs) Not the kitty. Oh my god. Not the kitty. Now, um, LJ, he's the black guy who survived the. Is it the first or second Resident Evil? And, uh, well, anyway, in Extinction, he turned out to be a shitty friend because he put them all in danger, his group, because he had gotten bitten and infected and did not let anybody in know until he was turning. He almost killed his friends because he lied about getting bitten. Okay, why are you going to do that? Why are you... I don't understand all these people that get bitten who know the rules, yeah. have, you know, seen it from other people, have felt like, well, you know, we yeah. got to... Why are you gonna hide a bite? You know, well, I mean, what you can happens. you can you can hide a bite, but I mean, the symptoms show up, and it's fucking obvious that he is not right. I mean, they figured it out almost too late, but they figured it out. It's it's you know why you know why he didn't tell him right away. It's because he didn't want to get shot dead right away. He thought he could uh, hold out long enough to be useful. But still, he's a shitty friend not telling his friends he got bitten. Yeah, that's really bad. Okay, well, I'm going to do just a, a couple. Okay, so another uh, way to tell you have a shitty friend is they don't support your goals. Anyone who doesn't fully support your goals doesn't belong in your life. Okay, so there's a difference between being supportive and then, you know, outright uh, being shitty and just know from the beginning. Like have that conversation on I mean I think you could be a good friend and and have that foresight of oh this is going to be a train wreck x y and z yeah yeah. but to uh not support your goals like saying oh that's not going to work like right out instead of saying oh yeah maybe you should try for it like maybe like don't support your goals like as far as yeah Uh, yeah yeah I I don't know that's a good because they they because you know what that means because by that by you saying oh I want to do this it will take you away from them and then they're sabotaging you to keep you yeah yeah that's why I think also even if your friend doesn't support you there's no need for passive aggressive comments there's no need for um, shaming even if you fail at whatever you're doing you know in, in and even if they don't support there's no need for that negativity just be like oh hey I'm glad it's working out for you or hey you know she's that sucks. Yeah, like you said, even just small comments like that. Another way to tell that your friend is shitty is that they are, they talk bad about you behind your back. 
<laughs> yeah. And it's really odd. Do you ever notice it's never a, a, a mutual friend who tells you that this is happening? It's usually a... Someone outside the friend group. Yeah. It's like yeah. a mutual... Like it's a mutual that tells you. It's it. It's like, wait, how do you know, first of all, number two, who are you again? Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're my friend's friend. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me know that my, my friend, my best friend even, talked a bunch of smack about me behind my back. Yeah, so that's not a good friend. Not a good friend. Um, how about this one? Oh, you know what I find is shitty? This is just a personal experience. I... We have plenty of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to pull from my, my own experience. I had this friend that every time she was lonely, she was bored, uh, she didn't want to be alone, just mainly uh, lonely. Instead of calling and saying, hey, I'm bored, I'm lonely, do you want to come over? It, she, I don't know why, but she would have to start some sort of drama with someone or plural someone's. And then call me and be like, oh, this is happening, but didn't tell me I started the shit. And then somehow I would turn into cleaning up this mess, but I'd have to do it over at her house. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it took me a while to find out if your friend is always calling you because of some drama and you've somehow turned out to be their cleaning crew. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how you know you have a shitty friend. Yeah. Because they can't just call you and be like I'm bored I'm lonely god that's yeah. okay yeah I hate that okay from the first unfriended movie we have Blair so she comes across in the movie so unfriended is where these group of friends that was they on, like Facebook they Skype no they were on Skype Skype they were on Skype and then this unknown uh, user comes on their chat and they can't get rid of it and find out it's a ghost of a girl that recently killed herself. Oh, and th these girls were the reason why? She was. Oh, she was. Blair. But she was like, she was like pulling it off that, you know, they were best friends or she didn't know, she didn't know what, did how, why. Did she milk she did... the whole, my friend killed herself? No. Did, she, did no, Blair no, no, milk no, it? No, 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 no. Oh, Blair. No, no, no. So this was, this group of friends, they ended up like making fun of the girl who, died who killed herself oh, no. embarrassed the shit out of her oh no and like kind of ousted her you know you know what i mean kind of sort of kicked her out of the group without her knowing but they did it in such a way that humiliated her so bad that she ended up killing herself so it's her ghost who comes in through online to punish them and make them do the um have you ever have you ever good for her and then you know, Blair comes across that you know, like she's, she's you know such a good person. She's la la la. You know, she's a good friend. She would never do la la la. And spoiler alert, she was the reason a video got out about her friend embarrassing herself at a party. So um, she got what she deserved. Sounds right. But that's 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 a friend who think who, yeah, that that's a friend who's like a sheep in disguise. Yeah. yeah, but she's really a bitch. And you almost feel sorry for her through the whole movie because she's like the most tormented, it seems. But it turns out she's getting what she deserves. If it only could be like that in real life. Yeah. Well, 
another reason that you can tell a friend is a shitty friend is you'd rather just relax by yourself than hang out with them. If you'd rather not see your friend and instead spend your time alone just because of how negative you feel whenever you're around them, then you have a shitty friend. You should want to spend time with your friends. Uh, You should want to be around them and have fun with them. If you'd rather be by yourself, there's definitely, definitely a problem. Here's one that's really hard for me because it's always been a problem for me. But if you have a lot of friends, family, your dog, your cat, your imaginary friend telling you that your friend or significant other is a piece of shit. You might want to listen. They're a shitty person. Yeah. I I can't tell you how many people, I can't tell you how I think back in my life as an older person and think of how different my life would have been if I was like, oh, wow, you hundreds of people in my life telling me that this one person that I just met is a shitty fucking person. Oh, my God. Save yourself. Save yourself. If you are in your 20s and you're questioning anything like that, please, please. There's a reason why a lot of people are calling this person out. Learn from my mistake. (laughs) Everybody out there that listens to this, if you take away anything in your whole entire life, please let it be this. (laughs) Okay. This is kind of funny. It's from Beetlejuice. Uh, This is Jane. You know, she's that friend who kept coming to them saying that there's these people offering to make an offer on their house. And that uh, she... A real friend wouldn't try to pressure them into selling their dream home simply because it's too big for them. And then she basically shamed them that they didn't have any children or family. So, uh, and I mean, you can see the look on Gina Davis's face when she's like, oh, this house is too big and it should be for a family. And, you know, Gina Davis is like, fuck. (laughs) The look on her face is like, fuck you. And uh, a real friend... And this was their dream home, the Maitland's dream home, this whole big house. They saved for it. They bought it. It's their dream home. They're super happy. And this bitch keeps trying to sell it because she's a real, she's the town realtor. But yeah. And yeah, this is a friend who thinks she's being a good friend or pretends to be, but she's really out for her own personal gain because what did she gain by them dying? She sold their house. (laughs) I was going to say for the same reason I think Ortho was the bad friend. Otho, yeah, Otho was. Otho? Otho. Otho. I think that that was because he was just one of those, like, carpet chaser, or what do you call them? No, um, tail chaser. What do you call them? Same reason. Well, that too. Same reason. Same reason. But he he was doing the same thing to what's-her-face to uh, Ilya. Delia's money was his money kind of thing. That's what I hate. He was the kind of friend that pressures Delia into doing things that she really isn't too sure about doing. But he's like, well, it's, you know, this is what rich people do. This is what rich people do. This is the thing they do. And Delia just follows by what he says. So, yeah, there's another bad friend that's in there. But, yeah, Jane, yeah, she profited from her friend's death. Sounds about right. That's a shitty fucking friend. 
Well, here's another reason why. Uh, uh, here's another reason your friend is a shitty friend is they're not self-aware. Um, oh yeah, everyone around Recent said person <laughs> that we talked about earlier. So not. She was not aware. So not aware. So not aware. And everyone else around the shitty friends can see how shitty they are too. So that's the thing that also sucks is you all see their bad behavior, and it's pretty obvious to you, everyone. But not your shitty friend. Yeah. They have no idea how they are behaving at all because they have zero self-awareness. They don't know how their behavior is negatively affecting other people. And if they did know, honestly, would they even care? No. So that's another reason why your friend's a shitty friend. Oh, and on top of it, they're busy criticizing other people that they never take a look in the mirror to see who they really are right. or how they shouldn't be wearing that um, outfit. outfit for... Oh, oh, what else is another one? Yeah. Oh, just or the their makeup. The makeup. Their hairstyle. Hairstyle. Color. Yeah, I had a friend that was always get, like, embarrassed and make shitty comments to people who wore, like cat ears or oh, like yeah. a weird uh, any, novelty hat any, any type of novelty headbands yeah I, she would have she would be like such a horrible person about it like to strangers yeah. that's what got me yeah. but yeah please please if, if your friend if you have a friend and they're not self aware like they're shitty Unless you already know they're, I don't know, autistic or whatnot. Then no, you know, you know, some people can't be, uh, you know. But these, you know, you know yeah. who's not self-aware. Yeah. You know who they are. Oh yeah, it's you fucking better obvious. know. It's fucking obvious. Okay, good. All right. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Cry Wolf. I don't Cry Wolf. It's is it's, it a werewolf movie? No, it's not. How shocking. No, but uh, baby Padalecki's in it. Oh, <laughs> what is he? Is he a good guy or a bad guy? He's eh, he's the son of a senator. Oh, he's anyway. a baby Padalecki yeah, type. Yeah. Yeah, right. Anyway, we're talking about Dodger. So the school they go to, it's for wait, is Wait, hold on. Is Cry Wolf a movie or a TV show? Movie. Oh, it's, all, it's movie. a movie. Okay. It's a movie. Okay. Yeah. okay. So they go to this posh school for rich kids and uh dodger is like really she's really intelligent she's really well read she's like a really good student and she comes across as the nice girl helping out la 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 but in the end we find out spoiler alert that she lives in town she's a townie pretending to be a richie and uh, she hates the rich, the, the rich friend she's with because in this game they play, it's all about manipulate. Right here on this on this picture, manipulate your friends, eliminate your enemies. That's what she does. She plays mind games with all her friends. Uh, so basically, this is the classic rich person, but poor not, person. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason why she's at that school is because her dad is the janitor there. Yeah, so okay. So she got, she got in is... because her dad works there. Okay. And he's really poor because he's a janitor. Yeah, so this is yeah. this is a classic rich yeah. versus poor. And uh, there's actual murders going on. Well, there's murders going on, but spoiler alert, we find out some, most of them are faked except one. So, <laughs> or two. Two, there's two in that movie. But everything else was fake. Okay. And Dodger... 
was the one who manipulated all. So um, she's like, she's trying to be, you know, the nice, nice girl. But in the end, when Owen, who's the main guy, you know, says that um, I'm done with your group, she comes across, she's like, well, if you ever tell the truth, no one would believe you. Shitty friend. <laughs> okay, I have another reason your friend is a shitty friend is they take advantage of you. If they need to borrow money, they have no problem calling to ask you for it. Or if they need a ride somewhere, you're the first person they call. They're always taking advantage of you and you feel used like a doormat. It's never okay to take advantage of other people, ever. It is a horrible thing to do. So if you think that you're being taken advantage of by your shitty friend, it's time to stop doing things for them. Yeah. And see how they act. Yeah. Because, well, one of my, fr one of my uh, friends I used to have, that's what I always hated. They always needed help. But if I couldn't help them exactly how they wanted me to help them, then I got a shitstorm of hate yeah. and being told about how shitty a friend I am because I can't do it exactly the way that they need it, yeah. which means that I would suffer for it way more than they would and they would get all the benefits of it, yeah. which is not really yeah. helping someone right anyways that's a shitty friend who wants benefits yeah, at yeah. the expense of a really good friend honestly if there's no if there's no healthy give and take they're a shitty friend they're a shitty friend definitely and, and if that person is always always needing help run you're enabling them yeah you are and, and they are existing their life exists to find people like you that will enable them. So might as well just be a little speed bump. Let them be just a little speed bump and see what they're about and be like, oh, no, 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 no. This isn't happening like this anymore. So, yeah. Um, one other reason uh, your friend's a shitty friend is anytime you have any good news or good inspiration or good aspirations or good uh, any thoughts and uh, they're not even anywhere near as a person you want to share that news with <laughs> or if you wake up and you don't see them all day long and you're absolutely fine with that then they're a shitty friend yeah okay we're going to scream we got billy billy skeet ulrich uh <laughs> billy <laughs> he was psychotic he was super <laughs> creepy. What is that called? Um, psychopath. psychopath. Like he really had a mental illness well, by trauma. But it also by so, complex so, PSTD. So, so Billy, <laughs> okay, whoever hasn't watched Scream, here's another spoiler alert. It's Billy and Stu. They were killing all their friends, and mostly Billy did it to punish his girlfriend who wouldn't have sex with him. And then when she did, she was on the list to be killed. So, because this, and then this, from this movie, we get the rules to survive a horror movie, right? Right, sis? Right. Yeah, it's so, a really good one. So that's where we got the basic rules of how to survive a horror movie. And one of them is never have sex, drink, or do drugs during the movie. Because then you're on the list to be dead. So after Sydney gives up her virginity finally to Billy, it's in his mind to kill her. Besides that, mostly his reason is that her mom fucked his dad 
and made his mom leave. Oh, that's right. So, so that's the twist of why he's extra punishing her. He really didn't love her, but this was all. And then, you know, Scream, it did a whole wraparound of how deep this shit went. But, uh, yeah, when your boyfriend keeps trying to pressure you for sex and you don't give it up, and then they're acting really suspect around all these murders going on, yeah. Run. <laughs> Shitty friend. Well, if you're ever curious on uh, how to let go of a toxic relationship, be it friendship or whatever, just a toxic person in general, first of all, realize that you don't need to have this person in your life. No. You are not benefiting it whatsoever. No. And, and, you, and, and it, they're literally killing you mental health and physically. The thing is, is the one thing that I did tell someone before is although I was a cure for you, you were literally killing me. Yeah. And and then that was, that was, I, I felt pretty confident in that. But as far as, first of all, you really, this is, this is such a short life to live. And this person is just a vampire, just being an absolute vampire. And you don't have to live like that. You don't. You don't have to listen to people. This is your life, not anybody else. Yeah. But anyways, here are six steps to ending a toxic relationship. Number one, accept reality that they are a shitty fucking person. Accept it. To your core, accept this. Number two, be clear with your intentions. You are through with them. Everything. The calls, the texts, the drop-bys, the, the embarrassments, the cleanups. You're done with all of it. Number three, identify your role in the relationship. You were their bitch. That's, yeah. that's really what you were. Yeah. You were their bitch. Yeah. All right. Number four, choose a way to end it. Either with a Band-Aid or make it fancy or make it cruel or make it petty. I don't care. But choose your exit strategy yeah. that fits your style man yeah. this is this is your fucking life okay and we're not talking about actually killing anybody no okay? don't let's, kill anybody we don't need to kill anybody no murder this is, is this is what they do in the horror movies to really get rid of a bad friend you fucking kill them yeah but, but we're not doing that no, murder no. is never worth it's, any it's, it's not someone else's life is not worth your life and it's also not worth the prison time but as far as uh, choosing a way to end it, I, as far as telling this person we're not going to be friends anymore, that's it. That's what I my I meant. <laughs> Number five, forgive. Like Lauren Conrad said in The Hills, I'd like to forgive that person and then forget them. Yeah. That's forgive. Forgive yourself, too, that it took this long but also you do just forgive this person for all the shit that they did don't keep hashing it up don't keep reliving it don't keep bringing it up just forgive and then forget move on and move on and, and and also you know what you do in this in this day and age now cut them off from all social media delete delete them block them cut them all off from every aspect of your life and that's where i was going to add into number 6 give yourself time to grieve yeah First of all, yeah, block the numbers in the phone. Delete the numbers in the phone. Delete them off of social media and block them off of social media. Um, and, uh, oh, oh, and this is the most important thing. This is where you're going to need to give yourself time. 
don't talk about them to anybody. If anybody says, oh, hey, why aren't you and so-and-so friends? Be like, eh, just didn't work out. Didn't work out. End it at that. Be short, be sweet, because that is how it kind of gets easier every day. When you don't have to keep rehashing the freaking story, it just triggers. Yeah. So number six, give your time to grieve. And part of that grieving is we don't talk about that person anymore or why we stopped being friends or why that person was relevant or value or anything. We don't need to redo the whole story. Yep. And so with that, we keep the horrors of real life at bay. (laughs) (laughs) And just go watch the horror movies where they die. to EMZT Radio with your hosts, the Sinister Sisters.
Well, now, what we gotta do is we gotta snag that tall dude and stomp the shit out of him. And remember, here at EMZT Radio, we have everything horror, from the human race to entertainment. And now, for the Horror Gaming Report with Scorpio Girl, brought to you by CultureVulture.com. Biggest new horror games of 2023. A new year is meant to symbolize the promise of a new beginning. It's supposed to bring change and leave us reflecting on our failures and achievements of the year prior. We're sure all that's true, but this new year, we're way too distracted by the terrors in store to care about the age traditions. 2023 is not playing around and very clearly aims to absolutely horrify the gaming community with a bevy of new horror games. These biggest new horror games of 2023 show promise of a ruthless year that will leave the weakest of us cowering in a corner. Long-awaited sequels, remakes of horror classics, and familiar IPs getting the multiplayer treatment round out an impressive list of games that could make the 2023 the year of survival horror. Dead Space Remake, January 27, 2023. Poor Isaac Clark. All he wants to do is his job, but pesky necromorphs keep getting in the way. The Dead Space remake is proving to be the engineer's deadliest outing yet. Despite being a recreation of his introduction to the USG Ishimura, Motive Studio rebuilt the original Dead Space from the ground up using the modern tech and the Frostbite engine to leave players hesitant to press forward. All new sound design, improved visuals, and even an extended story promise to grip players from the opening credits to the final crawl. Motive has been releasing developer vlogs showcasing the many improvements made to the original concept, and save for similar character design and the same core story, the remake is looking and sounding like an entirely new experience. Seeing as how well executed Dead Space was in 2008, we can only suspect that the remake will be one of the biggest new horror games of 2023. Hopefully, it's as good as it sounds so we can pull for a Dead Space 2 remake. Alright, and it's coming out on PC, PS5, Xbox Series, X, and S. Dead Island 2, February 3rd. After nearly becoming a casualty of development hell, Dead Island 2 is finally coming and it's looking to be one of the most exciting, biggest new horror games of 2023. All of those years stuck in the creative process seem to have bred a game that's not only visually stunning, but one that promises to expand upon the successes of its predecessor. Set in an overrun California, players will go toe-to-toe with the undead, using whatever weapons and tools are at their disposal to split heads, literally. With improved gameplay and the return of welcome mechanics like crafting, Dead Island 2 will suck players into the sea of the undead at the height of a new outbreak. Like its predecessor, Dead Island 2 emphasizes melee combat and provides players with brutal weaponry, enhanced to cause maximum damage. If one thing is for certain, it's that heads will quite literally roll, whether it's an undead head 
or that of the player all depends on one's aptitude for zombie slaying. Coming out on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S. Sons of the Forest, February 23rd. The first go-round, a downed commercial jet left players scrambling to find their son on a peninsula full of mutant cannibals. This time, we return to the island as someone looking for a missing billionaire. If our experience with the forest has taught us anything, it's that things probably aren't looking too good for the billionaire. For players, though, there's a little hope as, they're, as they gather resources, craft supplies, build shelter, and use a variety of crude weapons to survive from one day to the next. This wouldn't be a horror game without an antagonist and the mutants have returned to continue torturing players with their masses. Sons of the Forest is the highly anticipated sequel to The Forest and will feature co-op multiplayer, seasonal changes, a vast selection of blueprints to toy with, and all the expected mechanics of a survival title. Coming out on PC. Resident Evil 4 Remake, March 24th. Leon S. Kennedy stars in his second remake with Resident Evil 4, a complete revamping of the 2005 title that revitalized the Resident Evil series. This RE Engine remake looks to touch on some of the same notes as the original, such as the village attack that introduces the government agent to his varied foe, albeit with an entirely new coat of paint, improved sound design smoother gameplay and updated mechanics. The Resident Evil 4 remake isn't a one-to-one -one copy of the original, and Capcom allegedly took some liberties to restructure many of the game segments. However, as the trailers and gameplay footage have shown, the most memorable moments are still there. From E.I. Giganti to Del Lago Leon has his work cut out for him in this atmospheric and haunting Despite a more serious aesthetic, the series' signature camp is still present. In one trailer, Leon deflects a chainsaw attack with a knife. If that's not worth getting excited about, we really don't know what is. Coming out on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series, X and S. Ad Infinitium, April 2023. We've played through so many iterations of World War II and a few takes on the Great War before it, but Ad Infinitum may be the most unique spin on a global conflict. Taking place during World War I, Ad Infinitum pits players in the combat boots of a German soldier tortured by horrific visions, haunting monsters, and the horrors every soldier witnesses on the battlefield. The potentially controversial perspective promises to drive a conflicting narrative, forcing players to feel some sense of sympathy for a soldier fighting for the perceived bad guys of the conflict. As players navigate a nightmarish world that infests the trenches of the bloodiest battlefields, they become immersed in, in a psychological horror that blurs the lines between reality and fiction. Ad Infinitium uses the backdrop of warfare to deliver an intense, atmospheric slice of board gaming. Coming out on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, X, 
Alan Wake 2. Everyone's favorite tortured writer is back after a 13-year hiatus. Last we saw the titular author, he was trapped within the dark place after his battle with the dark presence. We know very little about Wake's newest exploit, save for the tagline, Monsters Wear Many Faces. We know Wake had been tortured by his antagonistic and twisted doppelganger, Mr. Scratch, and his suave serial killer iteration of himself will likely make a return for the sequel. The initial trailer for Alan Wake 2 is quite ominous, starting with a brutal crime scene with a body strewn out on a rock table. A dual triangle symbol is etched into a nearby tree, a possible reference to a duality or a spiritual voyage. We get a look at a drearier metropolis and what appears to be bright falls before getting a close-up of a scruffy wake and a flash of wake's face, bloodied and twisted with rage. Could it be Mr. Scratch? We sure hope so. Coming out on PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, and S. Alone in the Dark to be announced for 2023. Alone in the Dark is considered to be the elder statesman of the survival horror genre, but the success of games like Resident Evil and Silent Hill, coupled with Alone in the Dark's inability to maintain relevance after the year 2000, has meant the franchise has fallen by the wayside. 2023 could be the year things change, however. Borrowing from the formula Capcom established with Resident Evil 2's remake, Pieces Interactive and THQ Nordic are remaking the original Alone in the Dark for a new audience, changing the game into an over-the-shoulder action horror experience. A lot of familiar faces and locations still remain, such as the iconic Dercito Manor, but there's been quite a few changes to the game's story. A fresh coat of paint and a new direction feel like exactly what the Alone in the Dark series needed making it one of the biggest horror games of 2023 to keep an eye on. Coming out on PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and S. Killer Clowns from Outer Space! After a surprising surge in popularity, which came coupled with a maze of Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is finally getting the video game treatment. Following in the footsteps of other deeds with rights to movie IPs, TerraVision is going the multiplayer route with this neon-infused horror romp. The titular clowns have arrived on Earth with one goal, to turn hapless humans into hanging cotton candy smoothies. While the task should be simply considering their array of space weaponry, clown gadgets, and special abilities, the survivors of Crescent Cove aren't going down without a fight. Players will either take up arms as a survival to battle the clowns and save the planet, or control one of the galactic jesters and use any number of movie-accurate tools, like the classic dog balloon animal, to hunt down their prey. TerraVision promises to evolve online horror with a PvPvE formula that uses hide-and-seek gameplay and dynamic objectives to create multiple ways to win or lose.
coming out on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and X. Layers of Fear. The Layers of Fear series is taking players to the brink of insanity and back, torturing them with gruesome imagery and twisted visions. Layers of Fear aims to build up the foundation laid by its predecessors. Built on Unreal Engine 5, the new entry promises a striking journey into madness as players explore a whole new story and get used to new gameplay mechanics. Become immersed in the third entry of the psychological horror chronicle that explores the psyche of obsessed artists. Find out what it's like to be truly tortured by your own work of layers of fears. It takes narrative cues from the first two entries to leave players unsettled and disturbed. How this new story will unfold is yet to be seen, but we can almost guarantee it won't be an easy journey especially with how relentless Layers of Fear and Layers of Fear 2 wound up being. Coming out on PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and S. The Outlast Trials. The first two Outlast games crafted twisted single-player narratives that spanned an asylum and a rural hellscape in northern Arizona. Both games rarely let up on the player, allowing them to catch their breath between deadly encounters. The Outlast Trials aims to be even more merciless with a multiplayer experience that allows you to tackle the trials of the Murkoff Corporation alone or with friends. Players enter Murkoff's Demented Trials, which test different methods of brainwashing and mind control. It's still primarily a hide-and-seek stealth game, but Murkoff wants a real result and will provide players with some necessary tools that will help keep them hidden from their murderous pursuers. Think Saw, except surviving doesn't result in a profound message and life lesson. It just means you've done Murkoff's bidding and proven its experiment successful. The Outlast Trials can be played with up to three other players who will either help one another move from trial to trial and uncover the secrets of Murkoff or leave the weakest in the dust as bait. Coming out on PC. Ooh, Silent Hill 2 Remake. Ask any horror fan and they'll tell you that Silent Hill 2 is one of the most beloved horror titles ever made. So a remake of such hallowed ground is going to be a daunting prospect for a lot of people. Whether Bloober Team will be able to live up to Silent Hill 2's incredible legacy with their remake remains to be seen, but one thing is for sure, they're going all out. The Silent Hill 2 remake is a completely remade version of the original game with improved graphics and gameplay but will retain much of the same story as the regular version. We've still got James traveling to Silent Hill, and he's still going to find himself smacking demons with a baseball bat, but the overall presentation has been massively improved. Hopefully this Silent Hill 2 remake will be considered one of the best horror games of 2023 when it finally launches on PC and PS5. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 
Friday the 13th, the game may not have been a masterclass in asymmetrical horror, but it drew enough attention and at least garnered praise for its dedication to the source material. Sumo Digital is taking inspiration from the Voorhees' latest video game romp, for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a 4v3 asymmetrical horror game that puts the Slaughter family in the spotlight. Leatherface rounds out a recognizable roster of the Cook and the Hitchhiker, who hunt their prey alongside new family members Johnny and Sissy. Players that take control of one of the family will hunt down players, controlled survivors that are using everything at their disposal to find an escape from their hellish nightmare. True to the movie, the gore is turned up to 10 as survivors can be brutally slain when they fail to find their exit. Surviving won't be easy as the family has access to unique abilities like crafting poisons or tracking footsteps. Then of course there's the big guy himself welding his chainsaw and dismembering any who crosses path. Coming out on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and X. Well, kids, that's it for today. And be sure to tune in to EMZT Radio any chance you get, because we'll bring you everything in horror from entertainment to real life. Mark, how do they get in? Open this door, you dead people, or we'll... Bust it down and we'll drag you out by the ropes you hanged yourself with. You are listening to EMZT Radio. Come and let your ears bleed. Thin, that holds a line in times of war. 
you won't have a chance to change your minds later because there'll be no way to get out. we should pass along a special warning to listeners who particular sensibilities may be offended by strong language and forthright situations. The play, a collaboration between John Graham and George R. Robertson, is called Angel's Kiss. 
guilt trip, Angela. <laughs> it's late. I gotta get going. Last night, I didn't feel so lonely. Oh, knock it off, Ange. Time to go. It's been fun. Well, I see you again. Who knows? But don't count on it. I can't count on anything. Oh, cheer up. Another day done. I can't take it anymore. Well, neither can I. I can't go on. I, I, I'm I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, fine. If, if it'll make you feel better, but just don't do it here. <laughs> Rods. I just wanted to make him happy. Uh, pardon me, miss. Are you all right? Me? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, I... I'll be okay. Anything I can do? No, no, thanks. Thought you were maybe a bit faint. No, no. Uh, I'll be all right. Just have to go home. Uh, here, take my arm if you feel dizzy. I just have to go home. Oh, my God. Computers? Well, the more computers know, the more reasonable they get. Oh, that's nice. Curl up with one at night. You ought to get reprogrammed, Jack. Hey, Swifty, you think your technology could take the Tomcat out of him? <laughs> Not a chance. Hey, Swifty. Hey, how's it going? Andy, great. Yourself? Eh, not bad, not bad. What's the fag doing in here? Andy, the joke. What is this? The morality squad? This is no queer bar. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Andy and I played football together. He's straight as an arrow. Oh, yeah, football. Oh, I can just hear him. Ooh, ah, let me play quarterback. I'll put the hands between his legs. Uh -huh. Easy, Chuck. You're getting ridiculous. You scared some guy will make a pass at you? Hey, 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 look at that. He's the best news ever walked in this place. Yeah, what do you say, Hot Rocks? Mm, that's good news. Better believe it. You think you can scale those heights? <laughs> Just watch me. Hello. Hi. Anyone sitting here? No. I was uh, saving it for you. Yeah? Let's just say that's all the guys. <laughs> Hi, Chuck. I'm Dolores. Hey, how'd you know who I was? Mm-hmm. Word gets around. Yeah, especially in this place. I know quite a bit about you. 
Well, the only thing I know about you, Dolores, is that little bird once told me you'd walk into my life if I waited long enough. You not turn out the way you expected. Is that a warning? Oh, I just try to be fair. Well, we live in hope. And die in despair? Well, there's a positive little jingle for you. <laughs> What are you drinking? Mm, I'd like an angel's kiss. Mm, wouldn't we all? Bartender, one angel's kiss. my story. Life of a salesman. <laughs> We've all got something to sell. Yeah. Mm, I like your perfume. It's called Temptation. Mm, you devil, you. <laughs> Not a devil. Uh, you're a devil, all right. The devil. Beautiful. Mm, <laughs> Sense of humor, too. Old Nick has the best lines. Great face, smart head. How lucky can a guy get? How lucky do you want to be? Lucky enough to spend the night with you. Yeah, I'm sure we could work something out. Hey, that angel's kiss did the trick. <laughs> It'll cost you more than the bar tab. Sure. Anything for you, doll. How much? Your soul. <laughs> My what? <laughs> Your immortal, as they say. <laughs> well, that's all? That's the package. <laughs> Terrific. You got it. So easy. Can't be worth much. Soul, pretty lady, is for people who sing the blues. Uh, I guess the price is going down. Hey, excuse me, you two. Did Swifty leave? Well, who am I, his roommate? I'm just asking. Get your link for a side of your link. Why don't you get your paranoid head out of here? Oh, oh he might be an alley, but he sure talks stuff. You punk, stand up, faggot. Come on, come on. Come on, you guys. Hey, you so beat the hell out of here. All right, all right. Take the karate demonstration somewhere else. Just leave him. Come on, Dolores. I need a shower. <laughs> that queer put his hands all over me.
Dolores? Dolores, where are you? Right here. Hi. Mm. Good morning. Jeez, what a night. I can't ever remember making love like that. I'm glad you had a good time, Jack. Hey, where are you going? I'm leaving. I got what I came for. Wait. Doll, was it something I said? No. Nothing you said. Then what? <laughs> Relax. Don't look so anxious. We'll meet again. Sure thing. How about half an hour from now? Mm, I'm never far away. Stay. Here. No, Chuck. <laughs> Stay, Doll. I can't. Jeez. Listen to me. <laughs> never expected to hear myself. <laughs> Begging? Oh, come on. I don't know. I need you. I... You do, actually. It's, it's like you're taking a part of me with you. I am, Chuck. Look, Marty. She's had heart attacks before. She got over them. Chuck, she's your mother, for God's sake. I know she's my mother. Well? But I didn't cause her heart condition. I just have to kick you out. Marty, I'm waiting for an important phone call, okay? Chuck? What the hell's going on? Wish I knew, Marty. I only wish I knew. What you been doing with yourself? Looking for Dolores. <laughs> Who in the hell's Dolores? Big news. Oh, yeah, that, that stunner you took off with the other night. I gotta find her, Swifty. Yeah, I remember. She was in, uh, Monday. It looked different. Same eyes, though. Violet. You were talking to her? Not exactly, but I heard her tell one of the guys she'd be around to collect from you soon. What? Hey, <laughs> you paying for it now? Yeah, cute. Where'd she go? Whoa, not so intense. He used to come here to relax. Come on, come on, come on. Where'd she go? How should I know? Thanks, Swifty. Thanks. What is this? Cross-examination? Who'd she drink with? She was with, uh... Who'd she talk to? Uh, come on. Uh, Tom Baker. Baker. Yeah, the stockbroker with the curly hair, remember? So Baker's cutting into my eye. Chuck. Bastard, I'll kill him. I don't like it. Huh? He's dead. What? Yeah. Tom Baker. Real good-time guy. Bitch. Great hustler. Dolores, what happened Lots to her? Lots of bread, too, and only 35. What the hell happened? Heart attack picture of health, but his heart just blew up. chicks in here. I don't remember eyes. I don't remember perfume. I don't remember tabs. Now you're going to pay yours. Okay, okay. What's the damage? I'll wing it up. Hey. Hey, baby. You got violet eyes. Same as Dolores. Hey, Lush. Uh, 
It's my woman you're talking to. Hey, come on. She just reminded me of someone. And I, I just... Oh, yeah? Well, this ain't her. <laughs> that ain't her for sure. <laughs> what are you talking? If you insult my woman, I'll fix your face. <laughs> if that's Dolores, she hit the skids, all right. <laughs> hey, just shut up, Lush. Look, hey, look, I'm sorry, man. I, I just... Yeah. I, I'm not half as sorry as you gotta be. I'll break your back, you... That's all we can do for you now, Mr. Doyle. You took quite a beating. Your face does look kind of soggy, doesn't it? I think you should stay in the hospital overnight. I gotta find her. We've notified your brother. Is there a lady friend you'd like to call? Dolores. But I don't know where to reach her. Well, anyway, your condition is not critical. But I'd like a specialist to take a look at you in the morning. All I need is Dolores. No number. Nothing. Uh, maybe she's back at the... T I just gotta find her. What's happening to me? It's a downright disco. That's it. A downright disco. Mr. Doyle, come back! <laughs> no, I just went through a windshield. There was a woman here the other night. Oh. I left with her. Oh, I'm happy for you. Do you remember? <laughs> Jack, I look after the bar, not the broad. That's she, your job. She was here again with Tom Baker. Must be a popular lady. Come on, Shorty, don't fool around. I gotta find her. That disco dames can't tell one from another. Do you remember one with violet eyes? Eyes? <laughs> if I had time to watch broads, would I look at Shorty, eyes? Shorty, I'm in a hurry. By the way, your brother was in. She can't just fade off the face of the yeah, earth. Yeah, she got real lucky with some chick. Mar Marty? Who was with him? I didn't catch her name. She's been in before, though. Dynamite Booker and good for business. That angel's kiss is getting to be a popular drink. Answer the buzzer. Dolores is up there. I'll tear you apart. Open it, open it, open it, open it, open it. Hey, you, hold the door. Can I help you, mister? I'm the super. Yeah, I'm trying to get my brother. You're going to break the buzzer if you keep that up. I'm looking for Marty Doyle. Oh, poor Mr. Doyle. What do you mean, poor Mr. Doyle? He's at the morgue. Marty? Dead? I'm afraid so. If it's the same Doyle... Apartment 1407? What happened? He jumped, uh, fell, I should say, from his balcony. Landed on the iron fence. I don't believe it. Dead on arrival. Was there a woman there? Yeah. Yeah, police haven't found her yet, though. Dolores. Got her name. I was cleaning the brass numbers out front when they came in. Good looker. Yeah. And that's her. But that perfume... Had to douse the lobby with Lysol to get rid of it. Mom? 
Just don't bug me. Billing's about as soundproof as a paper bag. Just have to get me a decent set of headphones. That ought to do it, neighbor. Even I can't hear it. Now you call this number once more. Hey, and you go... nice way to talk. Dolores, where are you? It's good to catch up with you, Chuck. You've been a busy boy going to church and all. Hey, how'd you know? That's soul business. It's kind of late for that, Chuck. Where are you? What? Still don't want to admit there's been a transaction. All I admit is I'm in love with you. And it's killing me. Oh, it's not nearly as simple as a broken heart, Chuck. But then what is it? Feels like the end of the world. Well, that's the price you gladly paid. Come on, that soul stuff was a joke. What? I'm still full of the breath of life, if you want to get biblical. Then why can't you feel anything? I sure as hell feel for you. Otherwise it's hollow, isn't it? Got the game. Got to see. You will, Chuck. You will. It's about time. When? Tomorrow night. Where? Same old place. The disco. I'll be there, though. Without you, I'm going through hell. <laughs> Chuck. Leave me alone, Swifty. Hey, what's the matter? No time for an old friend? It's too late. 
If you're in trouble, Chuck, maybe I can help. No, no. Sorry. You want to talk about it? You mean Dolores? Dolores? But she's... She's chick- what? Have you seen her? No, Chuck. Uh, let's get out of You're here. You're lying, Slippy. Where is she? Come on, let's clear her. Where is she? Why do you hurt yourself, Tell Chuck? me I'll break your neck. She, she's in the back. Chuck, right on time. Oh, what are you doing? This time she's my date, macho man. Take off. Oh, you let that bag buy you a drink? Why not? Come on. Come on. What the fuss? The night's still young. Satisfied, big man? Now shove off. You bloody pervert. That's enough, you son of a bitch. Hey, hey come on. Hey, come hey, on. Hey, 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 put that down, man. What are you doing? That's crazy. That's all. Pervert. Yeah, do your health, bagger. You? Oh, my God, his throat. Stop. beginning to bore me, Chuck. I thought you were a lot smarter. Doll, I need you. And you've got me. You're good. So, so come on back to my place. We're too late, Chuck. Your time's up. Police? Swifty, a righteous bastard. Why did everything go wrong? I just wanted to be with you. You're so beautiful. Am I? Ever since that night, I've been lost. And we haven't even settled the tab. You're immortal, as they say, so. You're crazy. This neighborhood's been profitable. Four souls. Four? Baker, your brother Marty, Andy, and now... Not me. Your soul was hardly worth it, the shape it was in. Still, a bargain's a bargain. No, I'm not going to die. I wouldn't be able to collect what's rightfully mine unless you did. Damn you! Who are you? The devil. Apologies for the old-fashioned term. Is Satan more (laughs) up-to-date? Straight out of Sunday school. Good and evil. In my book, there's no good and evil. Only <laughs> deals. You can't be the devil. <laughs> the devil's a man. You want proof, is that it? <laughs> the devil's a man. <laughs> if you like. Am I the devil now, now Chuck? Chuck? What's happening? You're changing. Your man. The gender, the name, are unimportant. I simply am. Then you were a man. When we met. When we made love. All right. Stay where you are, Doyle. No. No, she... She's a man. She... Wait, he made me... He... He made me... He made me... No! 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 The account is closed. (laughs) 
you out there? You looking for pleasure in the big time? The very best. I've got a place just for you. Sit down, won't you? How about an angel's kiss? <laughs> have just heard Angel's Kiss by John Graham and George R. Robertson. Featured in tonight's cast were Elva May Hoover as Dolores and John Evans as the unfortunate Chuck. You heard John Stocker as Swifty, Gordon Thompson as Marty, and Neil Denard as Andy. Cameo roles included Mary Peary as Angela, Sandy Webster as the Doctor, Gerard Parks as Father Meehan, and Bud Knapp as the apartment superintendent. Other voices in the cast were those of Ken James and Richard Donat. Our recording engineer is John Jessup, with sound effects by Bill Robinson. Our production assistants are Nina Callahan and Nancy McElveen. And the series story editor is Earl Toppings. Nightfall is produced and directed for CBC Radio by Bill Howell. Do you know how hard it is to make it as an indie band these days? There's so many of us, and we're all so cute, and it's like if you don't get on Letterman or some retarded soundtrack, you're screwed. Okay? Satan is our only hope. We're in league with the beast now, and we have to make a really big impression on him. And to do that, we're going to have to butcher you. And bleach you. And then Dirk here is going to wear your face. Relax, I'm kidding him at the face. The rest is going to happen. You're listening to EMZT Radio. Danny was a necrophiliac. That was no secret to him. Nightly trips to the graveyard were not uncommon. For lack of a better word, he worked there to begin with. What a deal, right? The exact guy who gets his jacks off to dead people got to watch over them every night. Make sure that no one entered the graveyard after hours. No one could see what he was doing, and since he worked so closely with the graveyard, it made his task of cleaning up any messes all the more easy. He had perfected his timing with everything. Though there was only one issue. Danny only went for the new bodies. He wanted the ones that still had flesh on them. Although, yes, they did stink a little more considering they were in the decomposing process. But recently... Danny had not been lucky enough in getting newer bodies. He shook his head, sending shaggy brown hair falling into his face as he looked over the graveyard. All old dirt, all completely settled into the ground. Most of them were headstones with the typical writing on them that said, loving husband and father, or even born too soon and gone too soon, and stuff of that nature. He never read the messages, though. It made it feel too much like he was actually getting to know the body. And strangely enough, that made him uncomfortable. He let out a resigned sigh as he rested on one of the benches near the gate. There was a little guest house that they had at the back of the graveyard that he could sit in while he wasn't busy. It even had a television. But it was dark, and the graveyard was located on the outskirts of a pretty small town. No one would disturb him, and really he loved the night, especially on a spring night such as this one. 
It wasn't too warm and it wasn't too cold. If only the people in town would die more often, this night would be even more perfect for Danny to practice his favorite pastime. But it was a small town. He could be patient, though. He stared up at the moon curiously. The moon was a strange thing. It was full tonight, which was even more interesting. It seemed like it was full every night, or maybe that was the only time that Danny ever really noticed it. He shrugged and pulled his pack of Marlboros and lighter from his jeans pocket. He put the cancer stick to his lips and flicked the lighter until a tiny orange flame erupted. Besides the moon, it was really the only light he had since he had forgotten his flashlight all the way back at his apartment. This graveyard was too cheap to supply him with something such as light. Once the cigarette was lit, though, he was cast back into the darkness. He took a puff, allowing the smoke to fill his lungs, and then he gradually exhaled through both his mouth and his nose. The smoke spiraled into the air, only to disappear into nothingness. This was followed by a long, dramatic sigh from Danny as he took another puff, ready to continue the process over and over again, until the cigarette was too small to hold. Danny smirked. Danny was a chain-smoking necrophiliac. He was about to stand up and make his rounds like he did every hour or so when something across the way caught his eye. Something that wasn't exactly in the ordinary. At first he thought that the moonlight playing off of the granite angel statue was playing tricks on him. He hated that thing. In fact, it was the only thing he hated. Its arms were lifted in the exact direction of the moon. It was always like that. But as his eyes slid over it, he realized that it wasn't the statue that captured his attention. It was a figure walking along the path. It appeared to be a more slender frame, like that of a female. And she was heading right for the marble stone mausoleum. Danny cursed. One of two things was going on. Either she was honestly a loved one of someone in that mausoleum, or for some reason she had snuck in at a different entrance. Though he was sure she could have waited until daytime. Or she was up to no good and was, for the most part, rather unpredictable. Believing the former would mean that life would most likely be easier for him. He would tell her to go, and she probably would, but he was sure the latter was more likely now would have been a good time to actually be carrying his flashlight. He prepared himself for literally anything he could think of as he headed towards the mausoleum, and even smiled at himself as he thought how funny it would be if the person so happened to be a necrophiliac. But at the same time, he knew he wouldn't want that. He would then have to betray everything he believed and kick them out, mostly out of wanting the bodies to himself. When he got to the mausoleum, he was met with an eerie silence and he could see that the entrance was completely empty even in the dark, until he saw that the door at the back was slightly ajar. His heart sank as he scurried to find his lighter. The statue was not the only thing that he hated. Going into the tombs late at night had to be on the top of the list. Even for him, they were creepy and rather uninviting. He never actually checked on them until the sun had risen and he has more light. But once he actually got to the doorway, he could see that the torches on the walls that led underground were all lit. He was unsure of whether he, that made him feel better or worse. 
sure it wasn't much light, but it was enough to guide him down the dirt-covered stone steps. He grabbed one from the holder and immediately felt the warmth of the fire radiating from it. It was almost comforting. He began his descent. When he got down there, he didn't see anything at first. As it took several moments for his eyes to adjust to his surroundings, the room was full of coffins, but they were all pretty old, too. He shivered as the stale, chilly air hit him. He was in the process of moving the torch around when he saw something in the back of the room move. He cleared his throat. Hello? Is someone there? He called out, trying his hardest not to sound like he was about to piss his pants. There was not an answer, but instead he saw something shift in his peripheral vision. It was in the darkest recess of the tomb, and he thrust the torch in that direction. His jaw hit the floor at what he saw. Seductively sitting on one of the coffins was a woman, but she was no ordinary woman. She was the most sexy woman he had ever seen, and she was completely naked. Her skin was porcelain white and flawless at that. Dark red hair flowed down her back and seemed to stop right before her waist. Her eyes were big, brown, and the most beautiful things Danny had ever seen. Her lips plump and coated in crimson lipstick. But oh, it was that body that made his pants stiffen so much that he jumped in surprise. Her breasts were perfect handfuls of round flesh, and her body was that of athletic build, strong but lean and curvy. Her hips wide and her ass appeared as round as her breasts. Danny could not speak. He was just a college student with bad lungs and a love for the dead. But part of him had always felt that love for the dead was because no living girls had ever given him the time of day. And now there was this one. She was smiling at him seductively as she motioned for him to come over to her. But she did not speak as she hopped off the coffin and stood waiting. When he finally got the nerves to move towards her, she embraced him. It was gentle at first, but then she made sure to pull his body firmly against hers, still not uttering a single word. He could feel every curve and crevice of her, and he was sure she could feel him. His pants were getting so tight it began to hurt him. So he did the logical thing and slipped them off. She seemed pleased with this and roughly pressed her lips to his. He pushed her against the wall and excitedly kissed her back, using one hand to cup her butt and the other one of her breasts. But something wasn't right. He noticed as she moaned into his mouth, her once flawless flesh was beginning to feel rough, and even like she had lizard skin. Her mouth no longer tasted sweet against his, and instead reminding him of what tar tasted like the one time he had gotten it in his mouth when his father worked construction, the room stank of decay. The woman didn't notice as she continued to try and hoist herself on Danny's hips. She was trying to mount him, but he knew it wouldn't work, because fear tends to make things less stiff. You would think the smell of decay would be old news to him, but this was the first time he had ever smelled anything as bad as this. This smelled like it had been rotting for the last hundred years, and it was her. He pushed her away in horror, grabbing the torch from the holder he had sat it in, and used it to illuminate her. The last thing Danny saw before he died was something from everyone's worst nightmares. 
She screeched at the light and tried to whip it out of his hands, but he backed up protectively, too shocked to realize he should be running by now. She was bald now, and where her eyes were once brown, they were black. She no longer had lips, but instead all he could see were rows upon rows of sharp, jagged teeth. Her skin did, in fact, have scales, and it was the color of mud. Ooze seemed to be dripping off it now. She hissed at him again, and he did the only logical thing he could do, and threw the torch at her. He missed. Fear was all he knew as he turned to run, his heart going a million miles a minute. Just as he was about to hit the bottom step, she lunged for his ankle and caught it. He hit the ground and she proceeded to climb on top of his half-naked body, and then she ripped a chunk of his thigh out with her teeth. Crimson covered his legs as she crawled farther up him. For the first time she made a human sound. It was the laughter as she sunk her teeth into his throat. You're acting really fucked up. Please just let me show you. Okay, Jennifer's evil. I know. No, I mean, she's actually evil, not high school evil. I've been through the occult section at the library five times. Our library has an occult section? Yeah, it's, um, it's really small. Uh, you have to read this. Demonic. Demonic transference. It's something that happens when you try to sacrifice a virgin to Satan without using an actual virgin. The guys in the band tried to sacrifice her in the woods, but what they didn't know is that she hasn't been a virgin since junior high. If the human sacrifice is impure, the result may still be attained, but the demon will forever reside in the soul of the victim. She must forever feed on flesh to sustain the demon. Okay. She's eating boys. They like make her really pretty and glowy and her hair looks amazing. And then when she's hungry, she's weak and cranky and ugly. I mean, like ugly for her. Don't you get it? The dance, it'll be like an all-you-can-eat buffet. 